Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. series doing uh doing talking about finances and i understand uh that this is an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people when you come to church in fact last sunday and even today some of you have picked a spot on the wall and you won't even look at me you're just kind of decided this is where i'm going to look the whole time and i'm going to bide my time this morning and then i'm going to get out here and go to the go to the mcl cafeteria and get me some food and uh yes yeah, somebody got excited about that i heard a woo <laughs> Spicer, you going to the MCL? Enjoy. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, so I understand that this is complicated or difficult to talk about because this is something very personal to you to talk about money, right? I can talk about your relationships with your spouse or with your children and every other area of your life. In fact, we, we've kind of done that. We had our, had our relationship series and then last week or the, the series before this we did called Not a Fan where we kind of put our hand on everything in your life and said, you know, we're supposed to be completed, completely committed followers of Christ in every area. And uh, to follow up with this series is kind of important because we, we feel like when we say that, it's every area except our finances. But God knew that, that we were all going to struggle in this area because finances are one of those things that promises everything that God promises. But finances never deliver. Money never delivers. They, they promise you security, independence, freedom, a lot of things, but money never, ever delivers it. It promises you joy, right? I, I love comedian Daniel Tosh. He goes, Money can't buy happiness, but it does buy a jet ski, right? Like, ride one of those things. Like, you can't not be happy on a jet ski, but money, but money does not buy happiness, like, even, even with Daniel's joke there. So as we get into this, I'm going to say it every week as we start. There's a couple things I want to say very pointedly, and then we'll jump into the conversation. First, I want to say that, that the finances have been abused from the churches, from pastors and from preachers for far too long, as far as I'm concerned. And if you are one of those people who went to a church or you've ever been a part of, of an organization where you were abused, the word of God was used to make you feel ashamed or to make you feel guilted into giving or pressured into giving, and you were abused in such a way, let me first tell you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, I think that's completely unnecessary, and I, and I know that, that as a pastor, I'm going to have to answer to God on a way different level because I teach his word. And so I want to teach it with truth today. I want to teach it in love. But I know that sometimes it's taught very differently and it's used to manipulate you into giving. And so if that's been you, I want to say I'm sorry. And I hope that you come to a place in your heart and in your life where you forgive those people who have trespassed against you. Because that's your call as a completely committed follower of Christ. If you're truly a follower, my hope is that you'll wind up in that place. The second thing I want to say is that if you ever feel pressured, guilted, or shamed into giving around here, don't give. That is not my goal in talking about money to make sure that you pull out a few more dollars out of your billfold. That is, that is not what this is about. It, it's not. I'm after your heart just as much as God is after your heart. In fact, I want you to give your heart completely to him because I know the blessing that comes from a life that is completely committed to Christ. Not that I'm perfect at it, but it is what I am pursuing. Okay? And so I don't want you to give if you feel like I'm, that's what I'm here for. So, so don't do that. Nobody is ever under any obligation here at Simple Church to give. In fact, we say so on a regular basis when we do pass the buckets at the end of the service that if you're a guest, you're under no obligation. Nobody needs to feel pressured to do that. 
And I want you to do this for me. Please just relax. Because I know as soon as we started talking about money, as soon as you hear a preacher talk about money, everybody gets really tense. Like, oh, what's he going to say? How much am I going to have to give this week? It's, it's, it's not about that. Sip your coffee. Sit back, relax, enjoy the air conditioning. And just, just, just listen. And my, my prayer is, is that you can all hear God's heart as we talk about money. Because that's all it's about. God is, is passionately and illogically pursuing us on every front in our lives. And that includes the area of finances. And I believe that he's given us some principles to help us pursue him as well. So relax. And the last week we talked about, we began this series talking about something called mammon. Jesus opened this whole thing up and he said that it is impossible for you to serve two masters. You can't serve God and serve mammon. You can't serve God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body and strength. You can't serve God that way and serve mammon. Well, what is mammon? It's a really weird word. It just means wealth. It means belongings. It means stuff. You cannot serve God and stuff. It's just impossible. And so we talked about what stuff tries to do to our heart and the place that it tries to take in our lives is that place that God wants to sit in our heart, right? And so uh, we talked about this, the spirit of mammon and what it does. That either if, you are, uh, if you're blessed by God, if you're somebody that lives with godly principles regarding your finances, the spirit of mammon can affect you in a way of, of poverty, that you have God's blessing on your life and you're enjoying that. And you feel ashamed of the blessings of God in your life, even though you're, you're a giver, you're following the scriptures, you're doing what God's asked you to do, and he is first in your life. Mammon, or that, that, that spirit of mammon, will make you feel ashamed of it. Or, if you're on the other side of that, you're like, why do I need to give? It, it affects you with the spirit of pride. Like, I don't need God. I don't need him to be first in my life. I got this. I got enough money. And so that was, that was last week, and we talked about, essentially, that to sum up last week was money reveals our hearts. It reveals what's already in them. It makes us more of what we already are. And so if you'll listen to that podcast, that'll be a blessing to you. That's, uh, you can get our app and uh, play it from there or visit our, our Facebook and web pages and all that stuff. It's there. But in the Bible, there are 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but over 2,000 on money and possessions. In fact, 16 of the 38 parables that Jesus told had to do with money. Why? Because God knew that this thing was going to have a grip on us. That money was going to be the thing that we made our lives about and the potential to serve. And so he wanted to speak to it on a regular basis. And so we're going to look at a principle in the Bible that, that, uh, that God has given us. And, it's, and I believe that it has the potential to completely change your life and increase your spiritual, uh, your spiritual walk with God. So today as a talk, know that my heart is not to make anybody feel guilty or condemned or ashamed. My heart is to show you in God's word principle that has the potential to increase your faith, your faith, excuse me. So today I'm going to, I'm going to share this with you and here's what I'm going to do. The topic we're going to talk about, I'm going to give it to you because as your pastor, I believe that someday that God's going to hold me accountable for what I've taught and he's going to go through the whole word and say, did you teach this? So I'm going to teach it to you and then I'm going to mic drop. I'm going to step back away from it because today we're going to talk about tithing. Okay. And you understand now exactly why I'm going to do that because I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to ask you to pray about it. Now, here's what you need to know. I don't ever look at any of the giving records. I don't know who's given what around here. That's none of my business. I don't ever, I want to resist the temptation to make any of you look like a dollar sign to me. I don't want to know how much you give. I don't want to know if you give at all. That's none of my business. So please understand that as we talk about tithing, if this is something you pray about and you say, nah, that's not something I'm going to do, you don't need to hang your head in shame around me because I don't know. I don't ever need that to come between you and I. Do you understand? Amen? Everybody on board with that? Fantastic. Then we can do this. All right. So we're going to look at what God's word says about tithing. Let me pray real quick because, Lord, I need it today. 
God, I need your help today. Help me communicate this well. Help me share your word. Help me share your heart about our finances more than anything. That, that's what I want. I want to show and demonstrate, God, how you are pursuing us with all of your heart and how we can give you that first place in our lives. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds so that we can hear your word today, Lord. Let it challenge us, let it change us. And Lord, let August come quickly so that we can cheer on our Buckeyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Hmm. So we're going to talk about this. Essentially, tithing is, put, uh, is one of the last pieces of the puzzle, I think, for Christians, where we put God as first uh, of our life and every area of our lives. And, and, and I think for whatever reason, we hold out on our finances. We give him, Jesus, be Lord of my life, except my finances. You know, it's like it's just the place we don't want to be. And, and I'm well aware that in this room, there are a lot of people that are struggling financially. I'm aware that, that the economy is difficult. Maybe you've lost a job or you've fallen on some hard times or maybe the job you have isn't paying as much as you need or maybe you're one issue away from being completely broke. Like if your transmission went out or the furnace went out, I am well aware that times are tough and that all of us have financial hardships in our lives and challenges to deal with. I am well aware of that. But I'm going to ask you, in the middle of your hardship, in the middle of your financial troubles, how many times have you taken your finances to God and humbly submitted them to him and said, Lord, fix me? Show me where I'm broke. Now, I know we pray, God, give me more money so that I can pay my bills, but I don't think that's the solution. The solution to it is our hearts. How many of us are willing to say, hey, God, look at this. What am, what am I doing? What does your word say regarding my finances? It's like my kids, you know, when my kids get hurt, they're out in the backyard and they're playing with each other. I have two boys and they just hurt each other. For whatever reason, they just, they don't think clearly about it. They just hurt each other and they enjoy it, right? I gotta be honest, I enjoy hurting them sometimes too. It's a lot of fun just to wham, just get them, you know? I think that's just boys. It's not a dominance thing. It's just uh, he was standing there and minding his own business and he needed to be shook. So I did it. But sometimes you'll hear it's more than just a hit. It is like a blood-curdling scream that comes from the backyard. And you can always tell the difference between the, ow, Charlie bit me, and the, ah! Like, you know the difference in your kids' voices. And so you, you, they, they scream that way, and you come running out the door as fast as a fat guy can go, you know, because, let's be honest, I'm walking at a brisk pace. But anyway, I'm going out the back door to find out what's happening with my kids, and, and, one, of, and one of them's sitting there like this, Oh, it hurts, man, it hurts. Let me see it, buddy. Uh, no. Well, dude, you, you, let, me, let me see it. No, it hurts. Buddy, if you don't let me see it, I can't, I can't fix it. If you don't let me take a look, I don't, know, I don't know what I need to do to fix it. Do you need a bag of ice? Do you need to go to the hospital? I, I don't know. I won't know unless you, unless you let me look. And I think that's the way we are with our finances. We're in all this trouble, and yet we don't submit our finances and our, and our, our, our books to God and say, hey, what, what do we need to be doing here? What, what do we need to be doing? We have to be willing to, sub, to humbly submit ourselves to God. So today we're going to look at God's word and see what he says about this, this principle of tithing and, and what all is, is involved in it. And uh, today if you need a Bible, we would love to bless you with a Bible. If you don't own one, we think God's word is important for you. We would love to gift you with one. Just put your hand in the air. Ryan will get you one. Uh, but if you need one, but the verses will also be up here on the screen, okay? Matthew 6, 20 through 21 says, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's very, very simple. 
where your treasure is determines where your heart is, right? In other words, your money or your heart follows your money. Say it even more simply. Money reveals your heart. Some of you say, I'm passionately pursuing Jesus. Let me see your checkbook and I'll tell you if that's true or not. Not because I'm interested in pointing out a flaw, but where you spend your money, where you spend your time, where you spend your calendar and your your time on the internet, all of that reveals your heart. So how we handle our finance, finances tells God who's first in our lives. So let's first go to the Old Testament where we we see God setting up some standards and some principles of how his people were to live. Now, God's people in the Old Testament were the the Israelites, okay? These are the Jews. And uh, God set forth a principle for them and he set forth uh, a design or a pattern that they were to follow in order for them to all experience his blessing on their life. If they wanted their, his favor, if they wanted his blessing, his love, they needed to do A, B, and C, right? That was what, what he gave them. And so his purpose was to be such a blessing to them as a nation that, that other people would look at them and say, wow, their God is incredible and we want to serve their God. They were to be what we call around here the shiny. It's the thing that draws you in. It's the thing that gets you excited, like, ooh, what is that? And so God chose the Israelites to be his people. He said, I'll do this if you do this. If you love me, I will bless you. If you do this, I'll do... It was, it was, this, it was, a, it was a you do and I do kind of agreement, a covenant with his people. And so God sets forth directives to ensure that he is first. Because that's all God has ever wanted in, in, in his people's lives and in their hearts, is to be first. To be first, to hold that place of honor in their life. And so he puts his hand, of course, on their wealth. Now, what you need to understand, the wealth of their day wasn't necessarily coins and money, uh, gold and silver, yes, but the common man, his wealth would have been the produce that he grew from the ground or would have been his animals. And so specifically, we see God speak to the animals here in, in Exodus 13, 12 through 13. He says to his people, he's setting forth a rule now, okay, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The male shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. It's an interesting passage. You want to keep going to see if you're supposed to break your firstborn's neck? (laughs) Some of you are like, amen. Can I do that? Is that in there? (laughs) You don't know my kid. (laughs) It's not in there. It's not in there. But we can see when we look at this that God didn't play. Their, their livestock, he said, I want the firstborn. I want you to give it to me. I want you to sacrifice it to me. Now, imagine being somebody of this time. Your, your livestock would have provided milk, would have provided food, would have, would have spoke to your status, your social status, how many animals and how many you, you had in your flock, spoke to, to uh, how you cared for your people, how you cared for your animals. It spoke to your wealth, your magnificence. The more you had, the more people adored you and looked up to you. I was like, oh, wow, that guy's, that guy's got money. And to give the firstborn with no guarantee of any other animals, no other being born, was a difficult thing, especially if you were, if you were poor, if you weren't wealthy. It was a difficult thing for them to do to give to God first. But he says, I have to be first in your life, and so you're just going to have to trust me. You're going to have to trust me that if you give me the firstborn, that there will be others and that I'll take care of every need that you have. Notice, whenever we read the Bible, God always speaks to our needs. He doesn't speak to our wants. You know that flat screen you've been wanting? He's really not talking about that, you know? Although some of us really need a flat screen. Amen? (laughs) Saying. (laughs) But God is asking for this, and they only have hope 
that he will provide. And so God says, here's what has to happen. The first must be set aside and given to him. And so every time one of the animals was delivered, that firstborn was given to him unless the animal wasn't clean. So if it was like a, a lamb or a goat, those are clean. But a donkey, he speaks specifically to the donkey because the donkey was considered an unclean animal. God had identified. He'd said, some of these are clean, some of these are unclean. And he says, if you have one that's born unclean, you can't sacrifice that one to me. You don't give that one to me. You redeem it by sacrificing a clean animal, a lamb. Didn't say it had to be a firstborn. He said, you just redeem it by sacrificing a lamb. And that, when you do that, the unclean becomes clean. Huh. That's interesting. We'll come back to that clean sacrifice for the unclean in a moment, but just, just put that on pause. Essentially, for the people of this time, this was their tithing. This was their way to give to God and make him first. So what exactly is tithing? Well, let me, let me tell you. Tithing is a spiritual practice of honoring God as first in our hearts through our finances. I'm going to say it again. Tithing is a spiritual practice. You say, wait, a spiritual practice? We're talking about money, right? How is that a spiritual thing? Because it's tied to your heart. This is a spiritual practice of honoring God as first in our hearts through our finances. And so essentially, what is the tithe? The tithe is a tenth. If you make $10, a tenth of that is $1, right? That's essentially what a tithe is. That's what we're talking about. But it's, a, it's really important that you understand that the tithe is first, is the first part of that, and that we are to bring it to God. Now, tithing is not meant to be legalistic. When I was younger, I, I've tithed since I was a kid, and uh, there was a, a time in my life when I began to walk away from God, and everything that I was doing, all my decisions that I was making, the way I lived my life was in... in walking away from him. It was a decision I decided to do, and yet, oddly enough, I decided to continue tithing because I wanted the blessing of God. I knew that the scripture said, well, if you tithe, then you get the blessing of God. I didn't want God. I just wanted his stuff. I wanted his blessing. And so I continued to tithe for a while, even though my heart wasn't after him. There came a time when my wife and I were going get to get a mortgage, and we listed out our bills, and we listed where all our money was going to do a budget, and boy, tithing showed up in that bill column, and I started resenting it. It became legalistic to me. It became something that I just did. It wasn't something that flowed from my heart. And so we stopped tithing. We stopped tithing. In fact, I walked away. That, that was almost like the nail in the coffin for me walking completely away from God. All my ties were severed. And it was many, many years until we came back. And even when I did come back to church, I looked at my pastor and said, I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to tithe. I'm not going to do anything here. I'm just coming here because you're funny. And he said, that's fine with me. And that began my journey back to God. Tithing is not supposed to be legalistic. It's not supposed to, something you're supposed to do because, well, this is what God says I have to do. If it's that, don't do it. Don't do it. But today I hope you, see, you hear the value of it because the, the deal is, is that we talked about in this last series that Jesus has to be Lord of all or he's not Lord at all in your life. You need to be all in or all out. That's the way God is. He's very black and white when it comes to these things. God wants to be first in your life. And that's why he says you're all in or you're all out. So right now, some of you, if God ever asked you for any amount of money that was, you know, I don't know, let me make you nervous, 50% of what was in your checking account, how nervous would you be right now to give that? I don't necessarily mean to a church. I mean to give it. If the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and said, give it, how nervous does that make you? How uncomfortable are you right now? I'll tell you why. If it makes you uncomfortable, it's because... You've maybe never given that amount before. I can tell you this. God's only asked me once to give all that I ever had in my bank account. And I was so thankful it was just $200. I'm just being honest. Thank you, Lord. It's only $200. 
But it was all I had. It was all I had. But if you're not practicing this, if you're not doing the spiritual practice of giving to God on a regular basis, when he asks for more, you will walk away. And you will miss the joy of giving. Let me tell you something. Have you ever given $100 away, just given it away to somebody? Then you don't know the joy of what that, what that brings to you. You don't know what that's like to know that money doesn't own you. To know that God will take care of you and supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm thankful for that because his riches are way more than mine. You don't know the freedom of just handing money off to somebody. But when you tithe, when you do this spiritual practice of giving on a regular basis, when God asks for something, it's like, man, I can trust you. I've done this, you know. I, I, I've, I've lived a life of faith in this area already. I know that he can be trusted with more. Let me be very clear. God does not need your money. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. He's asking, and I'm asking today, what is truly first in our lives? When the Israelites tithed, the first portion was given to redeem the rest. In other words, when we give first, God blesses the rest of what we have in our hands. So if you can grab something from today's message, here's what I want you to get. It's faith when given first. It's faith when given first. When you look at God's word, he has woven it together in such a way that there's layer upon layer upon layer that that if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. There's incredible truths that are here. And when we look at God's word, we see how he gave first. Jesus was his firstborn. Jesus was born clean. He was not born in sin. He never sinned. He will never sin. Jesus was clean. And we, the Bible says we were all born in sin. The Bible says we all sin on a regular basis. The Bible says that, we will, that this is our battle. So we being the unclean, Jesus came, lived a life for us, and died. God gave first his son. Before we gave anything, so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be made clean through the sacrifice of Jesus. And God gave first in faith. In other words... We weren't even here yet. We hadn't even sinned against him yet. Some of them, Jesus, when he was going to die on the cross, they were mocking him and making fun of him. Jesus was dying for them. We know that because as he hung on the cross, he said, God, forgive them. They know not what they do. God gave first, even before we were committed to him, before we'd given our hearts completely to him, before all of it. He gave first. And God is not asking from us Anything that he has not already done, even though he didn't need to do that in order to say, make me first. He didn't need to do that, but he demonstrated his love. I'll say this too about about giving first, that when you give first, when you give something first, it's never lost. Like, sometimes you you run out of money before you run out of end of month, you know what I mean? (laughs) And you're like, where did all the money go? And all that stuff, they get lined up, you can look back in your checkbook and say, man, that's where I gave it, that's where I, but I still got this bill I need to pay, but if you had paid that one first... Well, you wouldn't have to worry about that, right? Because whatever is given first is never lost. It's never lost. And money has a way of slipping through our fingers, right? The Bible says it slips through the fingers of fools like water. Money has a way of just disappearing, burning a hole in our pockets. But when it's given first, it's never lost. So whatever you give first cannot be lost. But so coming to the church on Sunday mornings, like for the New Testament church, that's what they did. 
They said, we want to spend time with God first during the week. So they came on Sunday mornings. That's why we do this. This was established by the New Testament church after Jesus left. They, they came together on Sunday mornings, had celebrations together. They prayed for one another. They began their week. They gave a tithe. They gave a part of it to God. And they gave first. So it's faith when given first. Now, I'll tell you about giving first. What's difficult is the battle is always in the beginning, right? The battle is always in the beginning of giving first because it's not faith to give what you have left over because that's a lot easier, isn't it? Like, hey, I took care of everything I needed, maybe even got a little bit of stuff that I wanted taken care of, and now I can give. Well, that, that's easy. That doesn't take faith to believe that you'll have enough for the rest of it when you give. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 tells us what giving first is all about. Here's what it is. The first word, honor. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled or overwhelming, and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is a promise with a condition. If you do this, then I'll do this. If you honor me first in your life, then I'll bless you. That, that's what it is right there. He promises us blessing. This, <laughs> this past week, I, my kids were, uh, were really well behaved, and I said, you know what, let's go, to, let's go get some ice cream. Oh, buddy, they got really excited. They were like, dude, let's go. we're going to DQ. Dad, you don't understand. They got this new monster thing. I don't even know what, it, I don't even know what it's called, but it's a monster mash or something like that. It's peanut butter cookie and chocolate chip cookie dough bits in their traditional blizzard. That sounds good, right? Sounds amazing. And I'm like, nah, Culver's is closer. I'm not going down Main Street at this hour of day. It was like 5.30. You know how Main Street is. Up. They're like, no, come on, let's go to DQ. So I eventually caved, and we decided to go to DQ. Dairy Queen, for you lay people. We, we, we go to Dairy Queen, and we pull up, buddy, and there it is on the sign. I, what, monster. What is it called, Trent? What is it? Oh, okay, I can't hear him, but that's fine. Oh, Jurassic World, that's what it is. I'm thinking monster, whatever it is. He sees it on the sign. He's like, there it is, Dad, that's it. And you can tell, man, he is pumped. This thing's got his heart. He's excited. So I pull up and I order it. You know, I ordered a size smaller than he really wanted, being honest, you know. And uh, we get it. And, and I'm like, man, that sounds really great. Hey, Trent, can, can I have a bite of that? He's like, yeah, Dad, of course you can have a bite of that course. Now, all the kids will give you a bite of it after they've had their fill and they're sick, right? You know, like whatever's in the bottom of the cup. But I, but I handed it back to him and I said, hey, bro, I said, you said I can have a bite of that. Can I have the, can I have the first bite? Oh, you could see it. His demeanor, he's holding it. He's so excited. He's getting ready to dive in. And, and I'm watching him in the rear view mirror. His shoulders dropped. He looks down. It's nothing. I'm like, no, no, can I, can I get the first one? Why is he freaking out? I torture my kids. You know I do. Why is he freaking out? Because it's the first one. It's the, the first one. The first one, the first bite's the special one. It'd be the first one in your house to get the Apple, new Apple fo- iPhone 10 or 12 or whatever's coming out. It'd be the 7. I'm, not, I'm just playing. I know what it would be. Because I got the 6 plus and I pre-ordered. I know what it means to like the first one, right? First is important. You want to be in the first in line. You want to be in the front seat on the roller coaster. You want to be first. First holds a place of honor. And so I asked him, I said, I want, the, I want the first bite. I don't usually mention my kids' names whenever they don't do things right, so you need to know that this ended well for Trent. He dug in, and I said, make sure you get me some of that cookie dough, and make sure you get me some of the cookie. He just, here you go, Dad. It was great. 
I knew the place of honor that I had in his heart. I knew where he esteemed me, how he felt about me, because he was willing to give first, even though I'm the one that paid for it in the first place. It's neither here nor there. Kids. But God's the same way. He wants to be honored in your life by being first. That's how he knows that he's first in your life. Exodus 23, 19 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. We can see throughout the Bible from the very beginning, God desired to be first. See, this was, and when we're in Exodus, we're talking about the law. God gave law. And we talk about nowadays, you know, since Christ came, we don't live underneath the law. That's great. But God put the law in place because they simply weren't able to maintain themselves. He gave them something and said, the law was always given to say, don't do this so that you can do this. Don't kill people so that you can do... There's always a so that you may that's attached to it. That's really kind of assumed or implied that you understand. You know, don't lie to people. Well, why not? Well, think about all the benefits of just being a truth teller, you know? There's always a so that you may. And God, so he gives that in the law. But before the law was ever given, we see that people were living in a way that was honoring of God. Look at Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are the, the firstborn of Adam and Eve. These two boys, one was a sheep herder and the other was a farmer. Cain was the farmer. And they both brought a sacrifice to God. One was rejected and one was accepted. I never understood why until the last few years. I didn't understand why God rejected it because he accepted Abel's offering of lamb and he rejected the vegetables. Maybe God just likes meat and no vegetables, just like me. I like it. I can get on board with this. Double chicken and chipotle, please and thank you. Maybe this is, this is God. But I want to show you what it, what it actually is, what the issue is. Let's pull up that verse in Genesis. Genesis 4, 3 through 5 says, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. He rejected it. God rejects Cain's. Why? It's right there in the first part of the verse. And in the process of time. And in, and in the process of time. You'll notice Abel's offering was first. Cain delayed. Whether he took 10% of his fruit and set it aside and said, this is God's, and held on to it until he got through harvest, until he got through the, the time period to see if he was going to have enough, we're not really sure. We're not sure his motivation for waiting on bringing the gift to God. But, but in the process of time, he didn't give to God first. Maybe he gave the amount that was acceptable. So you're saying, Aaron, is it possible that I can give a tithe or I can give 10% and not actually be tithing? Yes, that, that's the answer. The simple answer is yes. You can set aside your money. You can get your, you can get your paycheck, get your, your $10 bills. This is all you're making. Dear Lord, help us all. But you could get your, your $10, $1 bills, and you're going to tithe. So how much is a tithe out of 10 $1. Now here's the question. Which dollar is it? Is it this one? It's the first dollar. It's the very first one that gets spent. You can take that anywhere you want to out of here. It doesn't matter. It's the first one that gets spent. That's the one that we show God we honor him with when we give it to him first. That's all he wants is that place of honor in your life. 
So let's look at, at, uh, at giving first. When you give first, it takes faith, doesn't it? It takes faith to believe that God is going to honor his promise, hold up his end of the deal, and make sure that all your needs are met. It takes faith to give to him and say, I'm going to keep this 90%, and I'm going to believe that it's going to be enough. That's a leap. That's a difficult thing. Why is it important that we have faith? Because we have faith in every other area of our life. We trust God with our eternity. We trust him when we pray for our kids, when we deal with our relationships. Why is it important in finances? Well, Hebrews 11:6 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. We need to live a life of faith, demonstrating our faith, our trust, our hope that is placed only in him. But when we hold on to our money, we place all of our hope, our trust, our faith in this. It's important. Again, it's not about the money. It is about our hearts. If I brought you over to my house, I said, we're going to have dinner together. I'm going to cook. We're going to have a feast. And I brought you to my house. You're the invited guest. And it's time to eat. We pray. And I hand out the dishes. Like, I got the nice china out, you know. I got the Buckeye cups out. They're plastic, but they are nice. They, they kind of have holograms, so when you turn them, they go Bucks and OSU. They're cool. And I don't have really nice flatware, so I, that's just out, you know, whatever. Might be plastic. Depends on who you are. Anyway, so we have dinner ready. And you go to dive in, and I said, no, 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 I need you to, I need you to wait. My, my kids are going to eat first. Oh, sure, yeah, that makes sense. Kids can eat. Kids eat, and then you go to eat, and you say, and I say to you, no, 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 my, my wife needs to eat first. Oh, yeah, sure, the ladies first, yeah. Okay, you go to eat after she does. No, 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 I, I'm, I'm going to eat. I'm going to get mine first. Oh. You're a guest in my home, remember. Never been there. When I've gotten my food, you go to eat, and hang on a second, the dog needs some. You are the last one, and all you get is the leftovers. There may not be a full chicken breast. You know, it's just like a, a half little piece that somebody cut because they didn't want. You know what I'm saying, Karan? Like, for real. How do you feel as a guest in my home at that point? Do you feel honored, or do you feel more like a nuisance? The position of honor is first. That's all God is after. So the tithe must be brought first. Now, this next verse we're going to look at, it's important you understand the word brought, that the tithe has to be brought, and so I'm going to show it to you. But this next verse we're going to look at, I think, is the verse that I think most preachers have used to beat people over the head about tithing, but it holds so much truth in it. I'm going to show it to you, and again, I'm just going to leave it out there, okay? So Malachi 3, let's go. 8 through 10, it says, Will a man or will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I love how God is always black and white. Look at this. He says that if you're not tithing, if you're not giving, if you, if you haven't used that 10%, that, that clean one to redeem the rest of it, like he demonstrates, when you give it first, if you haven't done that, then you're underneath a curse. Well, you say, a curse? Like a hex? Like a witch? Is there like a voodoo doll and like somebody's poking me? No, it's not, it's not like that. It's, it's that God desires to bless us. He desires to bless you in everything that you do. 
He is passionately pursuing a people that he can love and bless and make them his shiny. But he requires to be first. He requires to be first. So when God looks at it and says, if you're not going to honor me with your finances, then you're outside of my blessing. And God's just black and white, man. When you're outside of the blessing, you're under a curse. I mean, because let's be honest. If you're not under God's blessing, that's not a place to be, right? Might as well call it a curse, and that's exactly what he calls it. So he says, you're, you're under a curse that if you keep it all for yourself, then you do the best you can do with it. You do all that you can do with it. Good luck with that. But, he says, if you'll give to me, I will bless you in such a way you won't even be able to stand all that I pour out on you. Prove me. This is one of the only passages where God says, prove me. Prove me. See what happens when you do it. And so there's this blessing when we give first. When we honor him, we are blessed. I think his desire is, is for our hearts. So understand, even in this verse, as uncomfortable as it makes us, we see the grace of God being poured out as he passionately pursues our hearts. He pursues us. He does not want your money. It is not about that. He wants that place in your heart. When we look at this, uh, it's also really, really important that we understand that he says, you've robbed me. It's not about the money. Money, money. I'm not going to sing it. So anyway, it's not about that. How have you robbed him then? You've robbed him of the opportunity to bless you. Just like my kids who operate in disobedience. They are operating outside of the scope of my blessing. And I won't bless them in the middle of that. It's the same for us. We've robbed God of the opportunity to bless us. Plain and simple. It's not about the money. He doesn't care. We also look in this verse, some of the things to clarify is it says, bring the money into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? It's the church. God has has destined and designed his church to be a place of blessing. That's the storehouse. That's where you bring it. People say, well, I'm going to tithe, but I'm going to give it to somebody on the street, or I'm going to give it to somebody who's who's needing money. Look, you don't get to do that. The Bible is clear. The storehouse is the church. You can give sacrificially to somebody else that's outside of your tithes and your offerings. That is perfectly fine. In, In fact, God encourages us to live that way. But that's not where we designate our tithe to. The tithe is to be brought to the church. Wherever you are being blessed, wherever you are being fed, that's where you bring it to. And again, God's plan is to use the church to reach the world because healthy churches are the most effective way to reach people for Jesus. Now, there's one thing you need to note in this passage that I think clarifies a lot of things for us. Because as we've talked through this, I'm sure a lot of you get, well, this is mine. You don't understand. And you're really thinking about it like, oh, I don't know how I can do this. Let, let me demonstrate it this way. Uh, for, I, need a, I need some money. Does anybody have any money that I can borrow? You're moving. You've got money? You've got money? Oh, oh you're going to give it to me. Well, come on. Oh, it's a 50, too. Look at that. Okay. Now, Amy, this is the 50 you gave me? Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, moving on. <laughs> Some of you are very uncomfortable right now, and I'm just going to leave it that way for a minute. The tithe is never given. The tithe is brought. Why is it brought? It's a difference in terminology here, because you can't give what's not yours. You can bring something, though. It's the difference between stewardship and ownership. See, a steward says, I'm going to take care of something that belongs to someone else. Like, you go out of town, and I watch your house. And while you're out of town, I rearrange all your furniture. This is stewardship. It's not my house. That is what happened to me, by the way. I came home, all my furniture rearranged. True story. 
That's stewardship. Ownership is, I own this, I give this. I, I'm in control of, this, of the destiny of this. Some of y'all can't think straight since I took Amy's money, but what you need to know is that before service started, I walked up to Amy and I gave her that 50. And I said, hey, can you hang on to this for a little bit? I may need it back. I'm just thankful that she's here and not at the Hollywood Casino or down at Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Posting pictures on her Instagram. Look what I got. Super thankful for that. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. But I gave her that. And I said, I may ask for this back. She didn't know what was going on with it. Nothing. In fact, she was almost like, no, I don't want to take it. Like, you know. Misty's like, just take it. <laughs> Had to hit her. But the, but the tithe is never given. See, the thing is, is everything that we have, our relationships, our, the car that we have, the home that we have, the jobs that we have, our children, everything that we have is all God's. It's all God's. We are stewards of it. It doesn't belong to us. None of it does. Not a, not, not a piece of it belongs to us. And so the Bible says, bring it. It says, give it back to God. Give back to God what is his Psalm 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So when we tithe back to God, when we give him that 10% of our, of our income, we're just giving back to him what's his. We're giving it back to him with a promise for blessing. We're giving it back to him and saying, you are first in my life. You are first. I honor you. And it's a spiritual exercise for us because as we do it, we, we remain humble. We remain in a place of having faith. Oh, these are important things for the Christian walk. These are important things. Again, it's not about the money. Imagine this. Imagine I got paid. This is, this is what I got. And I say, okay, God, this is, this is your dollar, and I lay it to the side. And then I got to give some money to my uncle, Sam, that is. He's going to take some money, so he's going to take a few. So let's be honest, it's probably more like that. And then I got to pay my mortgage. And then my kids, they like to eat. So we're going to do that. Then I got to pay for my car and electricity. And then uh, my wife needs a new pair of shoes. So let's be honest, we're going to do this right here. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm at the end. But I didn't get that flat screen I wanted. I could maybe keep some from Uncle Sam. But if I do that, I'm going to pay a penalty, and I'm going to wind up in jail. I don't want to do that. The rest of these, I need all those, and she needs those shoes. Well, well God, I can could, I could take this one. You're graceful. You're merciful. You understand. I mean, it's just a flat screen. I've got to have this. The money reveals our hearts when we do that. But again, it's not about the money. Many of you pray regularly for God to help you with your debts. But many of you also don't want to honor him with your money first. And there's so many blessings that go along with tithing. But it's the principle of putting God first and the principle of faith that initiates his blessings on your life. What's crazy is, is that, first re- that first portion is the redemptive portion. Just like we saw in Exodus where he says, you give first and the rest of it is yours, it's all blessed. God also did this with the Israelites when they were moving into their new neighborhood. They had to take out Jericho. And God said, hey, don't touch Jericho. Everything in that place, let it be. Destroy the city. Wipe it all out. All the gold, all the jewels, all the rubies, everything. The clothing, leave it. It's mine. Why? It's first. It's his. It was his. There was a guy who didn't listen to that. He took it and he died. What am I trying to tell you? I don't know. You can read between the lines on that one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Don't owe me. I'm just kidding. 
but it's incredible the growth you experience when you tithe, when you turn your life over to God, when you honor him completely with your heart, saying you're first, you're first. My favorite part of this whole thing is that when the enemy starts talking in my ear and saying, no, you're not going to make it, you're going to go broke, you're never going to do this, this church is never going to succeed, you're not going to be able to pay the rent on that place, nobody's going to come, everything's going to fail, and no, that's not true. So I'm a tither. God, you're first in my life, and no matter what happens, I know that you're going to be with me. I know that according to your word, you're going to bless me. I know that you're going to bless us. See, I believe in the principle of tithing. I've been tithing since I was a kid. There's a short period in my life when I didn't. This church believes in tithing. We believe in giving. 10% of everything that comes in, we give away on a regular basis. There are 16 different missions we give to on a monthly basis. And we'll continue to add more as God graces us and blesses us. In fact, on a regular basis, we give away more than 10% of our money. Last month, I think it was 15. We give out to these missions, and God continues to bless us. Why? Because we honor him. We honor him, and we make him first. Again, the thing I want you to walk away with today is it's faith when it's given first. And tithing is a sacred covenant with God that I will always keep him first in my life and gladly give him the first of my income because I'm grateful for the work that he is doing in my life. Again, when it comes to tithing, if you are going to give grudgingly, don't do it. Don't do it. Because some of you, you're going to walk out of here, you're going to have conversations with your spouse. Some of you are just going to say, no, this is not for me. Others of you are going to be prayerful about it. You're going to be prayerful about it, and you're going to say, all right, Lord, look at my finances. And you're going to choose to honor God in this way. And that's not always going to be easy. Life of faith is never guaranteed to be easy. But there is an incredible blessing that comes from it. Again, if you hear anything else that I've said today, it's not about the money. God wants your heart, all of it. And I think since the beginning of time, he has illogically and passionately demonstrated that he is in pursuit of us over and over and over again. It's illogical because it doesn't make sense that the God of the universe cares for me that he cares so much about my heart, about my life, that he would take the time to write about the number one contender for my heart. It makes no sense. Who am I? Who are you? Who are we? The God who knows all, controls all, sees all. The God that is far beyond you and I considers us and considers our hearts. Who are we? We are the apple of his eye. We are what his heart beats for. Tithing says, Jesus, you are first. Look, we believe in it so much around here that we offer a 90-day money-back guarantee, and I'm smiling because I'm being honest with you. We want to encourage you to step out in faith. If God doesn't bless you in 90 days, if you, if, you, if you decide to tithe and God does not bless you in 90 days, you tell me and I will give 100% of it back to you. You better believe that. We believe that you will grow spiritually and that God will bless you. It's a promise. It's in his word. So I challenge you to pray about it because 
know that God commands and desires to be first in everything in our lives. And that includes our finances. Let's pray. You know, today you're here and, and maybe there's, this is your opportunity. Aaron, what opportunity? Well, your opportunity to get connected with a God who is pursuing you. The entire history that has been before us and that will go behind us we will see over and over again where God is pursuing our hearts. Today, won't you give him yours? Today, maybe you, you've never made the decision before to cross the line of faith and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Maybe you need to do that today. So how does that work? Well, God gave his first. He gave his best. He gave his firstborn. He gave a clean son that would die in our place because of our sinfulness. And all you have to do to be made clean is accept that sacrifice, to acknowledge Jesus, to make him Lord of your life. And it begins with a prayer. If that's you and you're here today and you say, I want to be a part of a God who loves me that much, would you just shoot your hand up and let me know that you're here? Do that now. Put your hand up. Know that if there are any questions after the service about that, you can speak to me. I'd love to talk to you about getting to know Jesus. But Father, right now I pray for every heart in this room. Lord, I know that what we're talking about is a difficult conversation. I know that what we're looking at here is not easy. Money is the number one contender for our hearts, and it holds such a grip on us. God, may we have your grace to have these conversations, to be prayerful about them to seek out your truth and your word and understand how it, it affects our lives and what we need to do in response. Lord, I pray that as decisions are made to begin tithing and placing you first and honoring you in such a way, God, I pray that, that you, would, you would give them the faith to do it and that you would bless them. Bless them for taking that step of faith. God, do it in, not just financially, do it spiritually, do it relationally, do it emotionally, mentally, Lord. Just bless them. We thank you for that opportunity, Lord. Help us do this. Help us make you first in every area of our lives, including our finances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.